0: All right, everyone, and welcome back to Health Conscious presented by the Sloan Program and Health Administration here at Cornell University. I'm Peyton Eisner and I'm here with Christian. Christian, how are you?
1: I am doing very, very well. How could I be doing anything less than well when we're recording another week of HCP? I love this.
0: Hey, That's the kind of motivation and uh, excitement that we need here on this podcast. And there's gonna be plenty of that because we have a great guest here today, um, a recent alumni, Um, of Cornell University and the Sloan program, Derek Simmons. And Derek works as a digital health strategist on the consulting team at Rock Health. Prior to joining Rock Health, he served as a transformational consultant at SSM Health, where he advised senior executives on enterprise digital health initiatives, non-traditional partnerships, strategic investments, and new ventures. Derek earned a Master of Health Administration from Cornell University, where he focused on his coursework on strategy and entrepreneurship. Before completing his MHA, he worked as a summer associate at a seed stage venture capital firm with a portfolio of 60 plus healthcare startups. Very impressive. Derek received a BS in management and organizational behavior at, from BYU, Brigham Young University, and completed two years of volunteer mission service in Romania and Moldova. He and his wife Sydney are proud parents of three children, also very impressive for such a young guy. Um, so, Christian, super excited about this, and we will jump right on over to Derek.
1: All right, Derek, well, I'll just start by saying that we've been so excited for this episode for some time now. Um, of course, Peyton and I didn't overlap with your time in the Cornell MHA, but your legacy uh, precedes this episode definitely as someone that's kind and knowledgeable and an excellent leader. And actually that you're a great dancer too. That's what we heard from the, uh, after the, uh, the very last uh, <laughs> last get together for Sloan, the, the Wagner weekend. But that's, that's a story for another day, I suppose. Yeah. Derek, how are st- you today?
2: A story that should not be told. <laughs> uh, doing really well. How are you both?
1: Doing great. So now that we've kind of given our, uh, our, overview of your background, um, kind of in our words, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and your words. So would you mind telling us a little bit more about your first role at SSM and then your new role at Rock Health?
2: Definitely. Yeah. And first, I've I've shared my congratulations already, but your recent career announcements are are worth celebrating. Again, uh, UPMC and and Chen Med are are so fortunate to have your leadership and, and talent, both of you. Uh, they're, they're amazing healthcare delivery organizations and, and could not be happier uh, for you both. So yeah, regarding SSM and, and Rock Health, I think if, if there's a common thread through my experiences during Sloan and, and since, it's this uh, kind of hopelessly optimistic belief that the next 10 years of healthcare are going to be far better than the last 10, right? As you know, healthcare system as it operates today is is unsustainable, too, too expensive, too complicated. Above all, it's it's just not focused on patients and, and families. My my brother spent years in and out of hospitals. And if you've been a patient or loved a patient, and I think essentially all of us check one of those boxes, then you you know it's broken, right? You can you can feel it. So I've I've tried to look for opportunities to work with people and within organizations that are future focused and and patient-centered, uh, places where you can ask how should the system operate instead of just managing or maintaining day-to-day operations. So started out at SSM Health as a consultant in the system transformation office. SSM is a a great nonprofit health system based out of the Midwest, over 20 hospitals, a couple hundred clinics, and an excellent leadership team. And, And our team was tasked with evaluating, I guess, a few pretty fundamental questions on behalf of the system. So one, we were tasked with looking at what's going on in the market. So emerging trends, technologies, uh, two, who's the right partner in a given space. And then third, um, and maybe most important, how can we change the way that we're paid or, or reimbursed? So we, we knew that we couldn't change the system fast enough on our own. So the majority of our time, we spent working with partners in, in pretty non-traditional ways, startups, as well as large enterprises. And we also collaborated closely with our strategic private investments group. Uh, So making equity investments in venture funds, partner companies that aligned with our goals. So incredible place to start. Great, great training. Some of the most compassionate people in the industry. And then about a year and a half in, um, unexpectedly, our family received an opportunity to join Rock Health, which is an organization that I had followed and admired from a distance for a very long time. And Rock Health exists to support entrepreneurs and enterprise companies Working at the intersect of, of healthcare and technology. And, and for those who may be less familiar, Rock Health is the first venture fund dedicated exclusively to digital health. And, and because digital health is about 80% B2B, there's this clear demand right from both sides of the market technology builders and technology buyers. And Rock Health essentially acts as a bridge or a translator between those worlds. So we invest in entrepreneurs and new ventures on one side of the house, and then we provide large companies with strategic or operational support on the other. So I, I work as a strategist now on the consulting team and we help clients across life sciences, healthcare tech on strategy or build by partner decisions. Um, whenever they want to launch a new digital health product or a solution that they want to take to market.
1: Excellent, Derek. Thanks for walking us through that. Uh just wonderful opportunities to work with wonderful teams with wonderful missions. Uh, so really exciting and motivating to hear a little bit about your drive and, and the, the needs that you're fulfilling in the market. So first I wanted to kind of jump back to to kind of one of the, the, the core business model at SSM, well, a part of the business model at SSM, and that's kind of having this venture fund um, as a large health system. And I know that SSM isn't alone. I know Intermountain Healthcare as well, make some equity investments in emerging technology. Why do some systems decide to kind of encroach the venture space and some don't?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think there's pretty broad recognition of a couple things regardless of whether they decide to play in the space. And and one is that healthcare is the last multi-trillion dollar industry to be digitized, right? So we have a lot of catching up to do and two, equity is a pretty powerful way to align incentives, right? So incumbents have this desire to adopt digital solutions, but it requires a pretty significant organizational lift, right? So a lot of change management to move a hundred plus year old services-based health system, right? So an equity investment in a digital health company, for example, it, it increases the potential upside for the health system. It also reduces the friction between the two parties, right? Which are pretty different organizations. So you've got to nimble startup with emerging tech and a slower enterprise organization with a need to meet their patients and their consumers where they are, which increasingly is online and on demand, right? So you you nailed it already. Some of the name brand health systems already have a dedicated venture arms, Intermountain's mountains of the world, Kaiser, Providence, Mayo, and Cleveland. But it's, it's a competency that many health systems can't afford or, or choose not to acquire. And so others are, are a little more opportunistic in, in their approach and SSM's definitely in that latter group. So our, our leadership was adamant that we were not going to out VC the VCs. We just took equity stakes when there was a clear strategic alignment with an existing partner.
1: Don't out VC the VCs. Yeah, I, I like that. Um so thanks for thanks for sharing that because that, that was a question that i kind of had coming into our interview and glad that we were able to able to walk through that you know aligning incentives in a world of misaligned incentives across the healthcare ecosystem so that's uh that that definitely answers the question so now let's kind of move a little bit forward to some of the experience that you've had at rock health and i guess maybe this question also applies to some of your later experience at ssm as well maybe the answer to this is some maybe this days for this is all no sometimes but um, Derek, we can't make it through a podcast without bringing up the impact of COVID-19 on, on the, the, the world of the person who we're interviewing. So have these enterprise organizations that you've worked with, uh, looked to peel back or scale up digital health offerings as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe a surprise, maybe not, but we've, we've seen increased activity across the board. So increased adoption and increased investment. So digital health investment has been on an upward trend for probably the past decade, right? In 2011, total venture investment in the, in the space, at least, hovered around just like a billion dollars. And this year through Q3, we've already hit uh, over 9 billion. So if you do the math on track to hit 12 billion, right? So what we saw in one year in 2011 is what we're seeing in one month in 2020, which just shatters the previous record in, in 2017 of, of $8 billion. Most of this is coming from institutional investors, right, which is the norm. But we're, we're also seeing increased corporate venture capital activity, which is about 15% of the pie. And providers are actually the most active uh, corporate investors in the digital health space this year. So they've uh, made total corporate investors have made uh, about 149 investments in digital health through Q3. Uh, which again, breaks the record of 2017 and, and providers are leading the way, which is really interesting, right? Because you, you'd think that COVID has certainly affected budgets and wallets of these organizations and it has, but it's also accelerated the adoption of and, and I'd say investment in uh, digital tools.
1: Excellent, thanks for that, Derek. Uh, I, you know, before jumping on to the call also, I, I, I took a minute to peruse the Rock Health portfolio um, the portfolio is massive and, and a very diverse offering of startups uh, across across uh, business models and incentives and different sectors within healthcare. I um, and you're also, as you mentioned earlier at Rock Health, working with a variety of different enterprise organizations. Also, so as you're as you're consulting these enterprises, have you found that your digital health strategies to be scalable, or are you mostly developing these strategies for these enterprises on a case by case, individualized basis?
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I'd say there are definitely some best practices, right, that cross engagements, but primarily it's case by case, and, and I'll tell you why. So a lot of organizations know that digital is important. It sounds cool for one thing, right? It's flashy. They, they, they know that consumers want it and expect it. They know that Google, Apple, Amazon are knocking on the, the healthcare door, if you will, right, from the side. Optum and and other giants in the industry are coming from above and then startups are taking pieces of the pie from the ground up, right? So they're attacked from all sides. So um, among the biggest mistakes that a lot of firms make is is they kind of freak out and they start treating digital as an end unto itself instead of as a means. They try to do everything at once instead of using digital to accelerate or enhance their their core strategy or to serve their, their core customers. So to to be clear, digital is a tool, right? It's an electronic way to better serve your patients or reduce your costs or, or run a better organization. And so because each organization has a different approach to their strategy, we we approach each engagement as uh, like on a unique case by-case basis.
0: Yeah, that's great, Derek, And uh, thank you for sharing. I want to take this next section of the podcast and transition a little bit into, professional development. You're a recent grad, been out of school for a little over a year now. Um, And so I think you would have a very great insight that a lot of people would love to hear. Um, Jumping in, you had a very meaningful relationship with mentors, um, especially in your first job at SSM. Would you recommend that? And how did you go about finding those mentors, cultivating those relationships and taking advantage of them um, in your career?
2: Absolutely, I, I think the counsel to pick a boss and not just a job is is really solid advice. Right, so there there are other factors that'll impact your day to day, your experience at a company, but very few of them uh, come even close to the impact that your your supervisor, your boss, your mentor has on on how you feel about your work. Um, I've been just extremely grateful and and fortunate to work with and and for some amazing people. So at SSM, Carter Dredge, Grady Brimley, Matt Clausen, Laura Kaiser, they're all incredible mentors and leaders. Carter and Grady, as you know, are, are both Sloanies. Um, and Mr. Dredge uh, was my first introduction to SSM Health. So he spoke on campus uh, for a colloquium and I was just blown away. Uh, if you've heard the man talk, you know that he's he's just like a masterful storyteller, powerful speaker, And he matches those soft skills with just a brilliant finance mind, um, really understands value-based payment models. So it learned a ton from him and Grady, Matt, others at SSM and and still do. And now at at Rock Health, Sari Kaganov uh, is our general manager of consulting. She's a former associate partner at McKinsey, Um, Megan, Bill, Tom, the, the whole executive team is full of just incredibly high caliber people, right? Who are extremely competent and extremely compassionate. And I think that's pretty rare. And so when you find those people, you decide to like, you decide to join their team. Uh, So what's, what's common across the board in all of these leaders, I'd say is that they, they invest in people, right? They've provided exposure to a a range of decisions and conversations and opportunities that I I could not have uh, imagined on, on my own. So yeah, I, I could not recommend enough the, the need to find people who will support you and uh, inside of work and especially outside of work.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice. Everybody should definitely heed. When I was, uh, looking at the Salone program, I flew up to Ithaca on a dreary February day. Um, and I had the opportunity to go to dinner, um, with a couple of students and Carter dredge. Um, and I was just a poor high school history teacher had no idea really what I was doing. Um, and sitting at dinner with all of you listening to you guys discuss the future of healthcare was, um, overwhelmingly daunting, but in a good way, um, and told me that Sloan was definitely the place I needed to be. So um, definitely a great mentor there. And it's important that everybody find one. Um, I feel like you've gone into two very unique spaces in healthcare, the transformation space and venture capital. And a lot of people might not, you know, entirely know about those spaces or know about career opportunities there. How did you go about finding opportunities in that space? And what it originally intrigued you about them?
2: Sure. I, yeah, I made a deliberate call to not pursue a fellowship or or traditional consulting path. And both of those paths provide great, great training, by the way, as as you guys know, but I've, I've personally always been fascinated with and and inspired by entrepreneurs and and new ventures that believe they can kind of take on the whole, the whole world, right. And and make a big change. So as I was evaluating internship opportunities, um, I applied to an awesome venture program called Ohana Health, which is led by a guy named Daniel Opong based out of Nashville. And they connect students and recent grads to opportunities within health startups. Uh, so Daniel was actually the one that that connected me to a small seed stage venture capital firm that was looking for a summer associate. And, and by some miracle, it worked out. And uh, working with entrepreneurs that summer in that kind of environment was just a blast. And, and I knew that I wanted more of that. Uh, I, I knew that I wanted that in a full-time role. So when Carter spoke on campus about all the work that SSM was doing with startups and with innovative partnerships, I, I knew that that was something I wanted to be a part of too. And, uh, and then the current role at Rock Health allows for that on, on an even uh, broader scale, which I'm, I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that sounds like an interesting thing. Going along the same lines, um, you talked a little bit about internships there, but were there any classes or opportunities that you had outside of that that were extremely helpful in preparing you for this, these unique spaces?
2: Absolutely, yeah, I can, I can point to a few opportunities actually that, that made a difference for me. Um, one was eLab, which is Cornell's accelerator program for, for student-led startups. Um, Andre Hook, you may, you may know him, a dual MBA, MHA, and a few of us uh, attempted to launch a venture called Guardian Health, which was an on-demand services business for long-distance caregivers. And it, it kind of faded away as we all pursued different paths. But that experience of talking with potential customers and potential investors, uh, building a concept from scratch, that, that was a foundational learning opportunity for me at least, and then a couple of courses that I could point to that were really helpful. Um, one is entrepreneurial management, taught by Susan Fleming based out of the hotel school. I don't, know, I don't know if she still teaches it, but incredible course. And then there were a couple other venture capital and entrepreneurship classes at Johnson as well, and, uh, and a digital platform strategy class that I would recommend too.
0: Yeah, all great advice. I think the one thing that Cornell does well, shameless plug, um, is having a, uh, a wide variety of classes you can take all across campus. And it sounds like you really took advantage of that, um, which is fantastic. And I know Christian and I have been doing the same thing. So prospective students out there, take heed um, and submit your applications now. But um, Derek, our last question is one that we ask every, um, you know, guest on our podcast. And that is, what's a tool that you would suggest aspiring healthcare professionals add to their toolkit?
2: Yeah, I I don't know if I have enough gray hair or or a long enough resume to offer anything particularly wise here, but happy to share just a couple things that I'm learning. I guess some some observations, and I think they're valuable because they're traits or, or practices, I guess that that anyone can develop, but most don't. Right. So the first thing I'd say is the ability to lean into ambiguity, and. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that the problems of tomorrow are going to be unstructured and nebulous, right? They're going to require leaders who can approach uncomfortable situations in in like unconventional ways, right? And, and so what does that look like in practice? It means, I think, like raising your hand when the complicated problems are on the table, right? Volunteering to pitch in on a project that you find exciting and challenging, even if it's on the side of your normal day-to-day work. And if you raise your hand enough times on those types of projects, the ones that uh, like most people tend to shy away from, you'll you'll eventually become the person that others look to when there's not a formula, right? And uh, also recommend looking outside the industry, right? So many, if not most really cool ideas come at the intersect of two previously unrelated fields, right? Um, and then the second thing I'd point to is uh, to practice compassionate management. Um, Jeff Weiner, former CEO, current chairman at LinkedIn, talks about this idea a lot. And, and I love it. He, he defines compassion as empathy plus action. And uh, so essentially boils down to the fact that people matter right? more than things, more than money. The healthcare leaders that I admire most uh, understand it. And they, they act accordingly. They, they treat their teams with respect. When they're the boss, they work for their teams, right? Not the other way around. And they stay focused on the patient. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing how quickly we forget our idealistic motivation for getting into healthcare, right? As soon as we get assigned to a revenue cycle initiative or a Lean Six Sigma project or a strategic planning session, right? So I, I guess to sum it up, Uh, volunteer to tackle the instruction problems and then lead courageously and compassionately. Um, And in my experience, the people who lead best understand that it's, that it's always about people. It's about your team and and your patients.
0: I think that's great advice leading into ambiguity and then, um, you know, leading with courage and and compassion. I think those are some great, unique advice that a lot of people haven't heard, but definitely should take heed. So, Derek, thank you so much for taking time to join us um, this afternoon. We really do appreciate it. And it's been enlightening to hear from you and a recent alum who's out there doing amazing things.
2: Hey, thank you both for the opportunity. Uh, I'm cheering for you guys, your families, and excited to see all the good that you'll do. So, uh, go big red.
0: Go big red. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, everybody listening, make sure you continue to tune into Health Conscious.